Hi, I'm Brayden. And I'm Alicia. And this is Lobster and Lasagna, where we talk about mental health, physical health, and anything in between with relationships and marriage. Don't forget to rate and follow our show on whatever platform you listen to and leave us feedback or any topics you want us to discuss. Welcome to the show. Yay! Yeah, you keep dancing to that intro music. <laughs> hey, people. So we thought today we would just kind of do a off-the-cuff, not that other things have not been off-the-cuff, but off-the-cuff conversation about how we're doing, kind of like a live update in the moment of us as we're sitting here at our kitchen table. And after a long walk. After a long walk this Saturday morning and some French toast. French toast. <laughs> About just like how, how we're doing. Oh God, you just quoted 40-year-old virgin. Did I? Yeah. What I've been knowing it. I want some French toast. I'm a genius. Um, yeah. So how are you doing, Brian? How are you feeling? What is exhausted. your life update right now? You're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm ready for the uh, board exam to be done. Yeah. yeah. There's like this weird point when you're studying for something where it's like there's no more you can cram into your head. You just need to sit down and be able to do the thing. Yeah, I feel like I'm at that point. But part of me at the same time is still questioning whether or not I'm going to pass. <laughs> So, I mean... Well, I think, though, either way, pass or fail, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're just ready to do it. Mm-hmm. Ready to yeah. get it done. Yeah. I feel like on our walk, though, we talked more about, like, baby stuff. Yeah, baby stuff. It's starting to get... Not that it wasn't real before, but it's starting to get really real. How many right? weeks are you tomorrow? 36 weeks. So, we are... Again, not that babies arrive on their due date, but literally a month out. Yeah. It's very exciting. So I think I've just been thinking a lot more about birth and what I want our birth experience to be like. and uh, Who's going to be there? Yeah, who's going to be there? Who do I want there? Who do we want there? Who feels supportive to have there? Mm-hmm. Um, How do I support you? Mm, and just like getting my mental A game on. Right. I was talking to you today. I feel like I'm thinking about birth as like this like intense like fitness activity that I've done before. So like in the beginning it's kinda of like, like the warm up phase and I'm just going to like, I don't know, like we're gonna walk, I'm gonna like make some muffins and just like relax. Just a typical Betty Crocker. <laughs> yeah. Well baking brings me comfort, so I feel like that'd be then the midwife has something nice to eat. Um <laughs> and you do too. I always eat. Yeah, it's true. And then, like, the middle's, like, you know, the intensity, like, where you're in the run or in the spin class. Like, you're not talking to anyone. You're just, like, in the zone, doing the thing. You got your music on. And, like, you know, that's good. And then at the end, like, it being almost, you know, at the end of a marathon or it's, like, that last five minutes of the class. You just don't think you can, like, do any more. And that's where I was, like, you need to step in. And, like, yeah, that's where I want, like, all this coaching of, like, he's almost here. You can do this. You got this. You got more in you. So that's like my vision, my my mm. my labor. When you say marathon, all I can think about is all the people who piss and shit themselves while they're running. Well, marathon. I mean, let's be honest. That is something that can happen during <laughs> during labor. <laughs> Supposedly, it doesn't happen with the same frequency. Um, unmedicated. If, yeah, right? unmedicated, which I'm trying to have an unmedicated birth by having the commitment to have home birth. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
But we'll see. You never know. I feel like everything's pretty much prepared right now, too. Yeah, it's Like, the weird. baby room's done. Mm-hmm. I it got does. the last, last final touches on Wednesday. So now the changing table made out of a nice toolbox is complete. It's pretty sweet. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we did all our nesting, like, super early and got everything done like surprise surprise to everyone who knows me <laughs> right the yeah. list is complete <laughs> alicia got everything done quickly and efficiently i'm shocked uh, so shocking um yeah i think now all the like the big stuff is just like getting home birth supplies together there's some more like postpartum supplies i want to check off the list i realize i actually have to um uh, put together the stroller Oh, really? The wheels are put, put together? On it. No, oh. the wheels are off well, it, so that's, that's one thing right. I'll have to do, but whatever. Yeah, that's not, I don't think we're going to be going anywhere. My dad's making bookshelves, so yeah. waiting on those to Very hang cool. those, those would be nice and Then getting crisp. all these activist, feminist books <laughs> for the baby. Yeah, I know. The baby's not even going to be able to read. And you're like, I'm getting all these books now. Boys can wear pink, and yeah. Although that one that my brother got us, that A is for activists. Yeah, I really that one's like that awesome. Book. That's a great one. That book's great. Yeah. And bodies are, look all different sizes and shapes and colors. It said bodies are cool. Bodies are cool. I like that yeah. book. That one was a good book mm-hmm. too. And then the book about consent, because it's never too early to teach kids about consent. Mm. Yeah. I thought it was interesting talking about what I said, I saw earlier this morning of that post uh. of somebody saying, you shouldn't tell uh, a little girl that... Uh, the reason a boy hits them is because they have a crush on them and it basically shows them that aggression is okay in a relationship. And it was yeah. just like, it It makes sense, but like, I don't think anybody's ever put that in words in front of me. It kind of mm. like hit me. Like, yeah. Right? We need to teach little boys and little girls better, right? Like, boys can express more emotions than anger and violence and yeah. aggression, and um, girls shouldn't put up with um, aggressive behavior as love. Yeah, if it doesn't yeah. feel right. Yeah. In general, no matter whether mm-hmm. you're a girl or a boy, really. Yeah, and that's why I really like that consent book that we got, too, because it's, it's not just talking about sexual consent, right? It's kind of setting the, the, the stage of, like, you know, listening to your body, which so many of us are told, like, you know, on taught, right? And yeah. dismiss, right? So if you want to give someone a hug or if you don't want to give them a hug, you're allowed to listen to your body, even if they're a relative or someone you're close to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's really pretty pretty powerful or if you're playing tag right and mm-hmm. like but then suddenly you don't want to play tag anymore because it doesn't feel good you're allowed to say that you should just read the book on right? yeah <laughs> that's essentially one yeah. of the pages i read it the is. book too did you yes <laughs> i'm impressed you read something oh, no, a little, thanks. A little baby board book i'm joking <laughs> yeah so i think that's that's been big right because again yeah. we're just like getting toward the finish line of baby yeah. heel getting here. But now I was interesting to talk about on the walk too about your fears and facing your fears about birth because I feel like there definitely is a part of me that's like denying it and not admitting that there are fears, mm. but there definitely are a few here and there. And talking about, you know, what is like, how is it going to go functionally? My scientific brain is like, what's yeah. happening physically in your body? How do I know the baby mm-hmm. is safe? Like, mm-hmm. not you necessarily. think about that so much. Not necessarily like the baby isn't okay, but like, why is he okay? Mm-hmm. 
Is you want to know. I want to know exactly. Like, because in my mind too, like the placenta breaks, you know, the, the sac and all of the, the amniotic, amniotic fluid, fluid yeah. is gone. There is a defect in their heart that bypasses the lungs and allows them to have all the blood flow going through. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, so now there's no more fluid. What's going on? How is that? How is he still okay? Mm-hmm. You know, not he isn't okay, but in that situation where it, it was the transition portion, I think it was, it was like he's he's in amniotic fluid. He's got the adaptation he needs in order to survive in that environment. But then the environment changes. And he's got no fluid. So how is he getting oxygen to, you know, that and this? And I think it's the umbilical cord. Yeah, which is still connected to the placenta. Yeah. But yeah. it's things like that that are like my about. weird medical science brain yeah. that I have nerves about because I just don't want to. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's why, like, I feel like you you see water births sometimes and people like grab the baby really quickly and pull it out and put it on the, the woman's chest or whatever and... I saw another video where they didn't really rush yeah, that much. Yeah, they let the baby be under the water. The baby hang out in so the water brave. for like... It's crazy. It was like 15 to 20 seconds. Yeah. And I was just like, well, they're not rushing. Okay. You know, the baby's <laughs> right? Yeah, because they're still getting their blood and everything mm-hmm. through the umbilical yeah. cord. And we're talking about that too, aren't we? Like how, mm. you know, um, how fast are we going to cut the cord, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to wipe... What's the uh, baby butter? Vernix. Baby butter, I like baby to call butter. it. <laughs> the yeah. vernix. Are we going to wipe that off or are we going to let it absorb into the skin? There's so many things that I didn't really know about until obviously you're in it. And yeah. Well, I think part of that too is, right, you know, again, I, I really respect doctors and medical providers. but you better. You- <laughs> I am one. But I do think there is like the medical industry complex, right? Mm. And that doesn't always, especially around like maternal health and birth has not always been very supportive. So we have like a vision about that and understanding about that. And like now what we've done through my pregnancy is really explore like midwifery and more holistic practices and kind of um, taking into account like medicine and um, the amazing options that we have and, you know, for emergencies and things like that. But also understanding that birth is a natural process that mm-hmm. women have been doing for Eons. Cent- yeah, centuries. And that we, if you have a uncomplicated pregnancy, you don't need these medical interventions. They're not necessary. And oftentimes they're they're given or they're presented as they are, mm-hmm. which creates a lot of, I think, mistrust for women about their own bodies. Yeah. Right. And I think that's something I was talking about today, too, on our walk was just, I feel really confident about birth and labor. There's always, I think, my biggest worry is like, uh-oh, are you being a little too confidently shot? Is mm. this going to happen? And you're going to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> mm. You know? But the, And whenever you say that, too, all I can think about is like pro athletes and mm. People who are really good at what they do, they're they are overconfident. Yeah. Because that's the way that they get to where they are. That's how they succeed, is they have that confidence. And that confidence allows them to adapt to the adversity that they do face. It's not like they don't face challenges. They're still mm-hmm. facing challenges in their sport or whatever activity they're in. But that confidence allows them to adapt, I think, and continue on towards the end goal that they want that they're looking for so 
I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing. I think you would be overconfident if you haven't read six of however many <laughs> books the midwife gave you a list of, or you weren't looking into certain things and techniques. Like, I think overconfidence in a bad way is if you don't have any idea of what the hell you're doing and you're like, oh, I got this. No big deal. I could do it. You know, that's... I've never run. I can run a marathon. Yeah, I feel like it's more more of a not a good thing when it's unrealistic. Like, you you went into this already saying you knew it wasn't going to be easy. Mm -hmm. You know it's going to be a challenge and it's going to be a lot of discomfort. And, you know, you're just going to have to kind of roll with it and, and learn techniques that allow you to roll with it. I think that that's the realistic amount of confidence so i wouldn't say you were overconfident but when we talk about discomfort we do how you feeling more uncomfortable (laughs) i feel like i have been very um like lucky to have a very easy like pregnancy Mm. um and yeah i feel like the last couple weeks um have been progressively getting more and more uncomfortable yeah (laughs) and having a lot of like pelvic pain and deep hip pain and um still moving still you know doing my my routines in the garage because I'm determined not to give them up unless I really have to um they're definitely adjusted and changed but yeah just feel like I'm fatigued more especially by the end of the day like Mm. I feel the baby feels so heavy I feel Mm -hmm. really fatigued just you know sooner well, fatigue is a protective response of your body to kind of protect it itself against overuse injuries or any type of damage. Um, so fatigue is definitely something to expect. If you think about what your body is doing, I mean, it's literally creating a human being. So your liver is overreactive. Your blood flow is completely changed. Your muscles are not getting as much nutrients as fast as they used to because the baby needs it. Yeah, it's so crazy. So, I thought it was wild too. And it makes perfect sense in my medical mind, but the calcium importance yeah. <laughs> of calcium in your body and excessive calcium because the baby will actually take it from your bones. I know. I read that somewhere. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I'm like religiously even having shakes with like the amount of calcium I need daily. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so worried about that. Yeah, Very typical of my brain. Like I read one thing and I like latch on. <laughs> yeah. I did. Um, I had to look it up because I've been joking with you, of course, about you. You seem a little bit more aggressive. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, I wonder if it's because you're carrying a baby that's a boy and testosterone comes with male gender. <laughs> Maybe you have extra testosterone <laughs> and it's making you somewhat aggressive. And I, I did find some studies out there that were talking about that, that, you know, your testosterone levels will increase if you mm-hmm. are carrying a boy versus you're carrying a girl or a male versus a female gender. And, uh, or sex is what I should use, not gender. But um, it was just interesting to find that out. And then I came across another one where it focused on the hormone levels of your partner yeah. during birth. And ironically... No matter what, uh, they found that men have an increase in estrogen during the birth. That's so interesting. Which is really interesting to think about. Um, it's like your caregiver instinct. Yeah, yeah. That and I also feel like 
you hear about it all the time, the sympathy pains or yeah. sympathy mm-hmm. uh, symptoms that you're, you know, if your wife or partner is going through birth and you, you know, empathetic. Yeah, well, this um, is a person you care about right. that is going through a big experience. It's almost like a psychosomatic thing where, like, yeah. you see them dealing with pain or, like, you're, you know, you have it in your head that they're dealing with pain or whatever and your body starts to kind of create that and ironically i have been dealing with weird back pains <laughs> thanks very much alicia <laughs> hell i even thought i had kidney stones for a minute there <laughs> weird yeah it has been interesting just it is it's so mind-boggling like what our bodies do right mm-hmm. like it just is really interesting to be in this process together, this experience together. I mean, even though I think we both have some worries and obviously it's unknown, it's our first pregnancy, mm-hmm. you know, going to be my first labor birth. Um, I feel really excited, like for the most part. I think That's because you're in the first phase. I read the book, okay? The first <laughs> phase is excitement. The second phase is down to business. And then the third phase is I'm done. The third phase is can I fucking do this? I don't know. Tell me. Please remind me that I can do this. Which again, doesn't that feel though like doing a marathon it really or does. something, it really right? Does. Like that you last mile. You can mile. definitely turn it into some type of sporting event yeah. that's a long distance thing where in the beginning you're excited. Endurance. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is if you think about those athletes, they need to pace themselves because mm-hmm. they're excited and they're, you know, they're really They got that chitter in the in beginning. In the beginning yeah. that they go out too fast, too yeah. hard, too quickly. Mm-hmm. And then they actually burn out. So something we'll have to take into consideration Pacing. is that yeah, you have yeah. to pace yourself. Yeah. I thought it was funny reading the book that like in the beginning phases, you'll have the the contractures or surges is what they say. And they're like, sometimes people even have a opportunity to go out to their favorite restaurant. <laughs> and I'm like, you're going to go out to eat at a restaurant after your water breaks? In my mind, I'm like, that sounds weird. But I mean, okay. <laughs> cool it's such it's really is a brain shift around mm-hmm. like what birth is right yeah. like and you know and First functionality of, of your body yeah 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 it really is going to be interesting we'll definitely have to do like a whole episode on the experience yeah. after we get settled yeah. and thank god i'll be taking the boards before <laughs> that though yeah I only have two weeks left two weeks left yeah i've taken one two three four five practice mm-hmm. exams five practice exams it oh sounds insane to it is say insane because how many questions are they each 200 yeah it's 200 questions in the three of them that i took and there was 250 in two of them oh my god and the actual board exam is 250 questions and i get five hours to do it so mm. and i've and i've gotten really close to passing scores um, which makes me a little nervous that i haven't got passing scores but i've seen so many people talk about that they've gotten very similar scores to yeah. what I'm getting, and then they end up passing the boards. So mm-hmm. by the skin of your teeth, by the skin yeah. of the teeth, and in, in my opinion, like a PT is a PT. Exactly. I, I don't understand, and I never really will understand why these standardized tests, for some odd reason, they they in my mind they do not show how good of a clinician you are. Definitely not. They show that you are able to retain. Uh, knowledge and you're able to spit it out verbatim they show that you're able to read questions correctly and understand what they're really trying to ask you Mm -hmm. but they don't show clinically how good you are 
out in the field because and the scary the the scary thing slash interesting thing for me is like you get all this knowledge all this books and all this stuff that they give you in school and you use it to pass the exam but then once you pass the exam you kind of forget about it like yeah you you treat what you see mm-hmm. you connect with the patients see what they need what they want <laughs> and you use that as part of your tools with your base knowledge i mean you still have a base knowledge on how things work and how it goes but the the standardized board tests in my mind is just a way to in my mind weed out the herd which is kind of sad because i feel like there's some people that may not have actually passed the boards and never actually got licensed as a pt that would have been a really Great. really really yeah, good clinician, clinician for sure i mean i've shared with you i have worked with people you know i've had to take their licensure exam you know as a, a for social work multiple times i know someone who had to do it like three times and she's just a really bad test taker mm-hmm. right but i mean i think and i worked with her for a while she was a much better clinician than me at the time like so much more expertise and like really trained in doing like family focused work and stuff so again it's not it's not a predictor of your clinical ability and i think it is frustrating because it's this it's this last final hoop (laughs) that you have to jump through or you Uh literally can't work and it creates such a limbo especially for you like having to wait so freaking long i mean you graduated graduated May may 9th uh, was it? 13th. Okay, May 13th. And like literally you couldn't, there was no other option for anyone in your cohort to take the board sooner than July 28th. It's crazy. Yeah, they have it 27th. Absolutely. 27th yeah. and 28th. Yeah, yeah. But, st- but still, like May to mid-July. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just... Yeah. Because st- you've been studying all this time. I studied for eight weeks. Or yeah. will be all together. It's about eight weeks, if not a little bit longer. And I think some people are like, oh, well, that's a good amount of time to say. But, like, sometimes less is more. Sometimes, like, you know. You're just cramming the same thing in your head over and over and over and over and over and over. And it's, like, leaking out. So you have to jam it back in. Mm -hmm. It gets harder and harder to retain the information and remember it, again, for just this exam. Because then. That's all it's for. Because a lot of the stuff that I'm looking up and I'm reading, I'm trying to keep in my brain, I'm going to be able to look up when I'm out in Mm -hmm. in the clinical and it won't even necessarily be your area that you're working in you know because Mm -hmm. it depends if you're going to be an inpatient therapist or an outpatient therapist right Mm -hmm. and are you going to work mostly with low back pain are you going to work mostly with you know like really low functioning people like that's going to be your niche that like as that clinician of the information you know you don't need this right it is frustrating that was one thing i talked about too with some of the people that are um, going through the same thing i'm going through is that you know when you're reading all these books these practice test books that give you all this information you know for damn sure that the people who wrote this book there are specific people that write the specific section there's not one person writing the whole book there's like five or six people in Mm -hmm. this book that are Mm -hmm. co-authoring and each person has a specialty and they're talking about neuro because that's their specialty or they're talking about orthopedics because that's their specialty or they're talking about cardiopulmonary because that's their specialty they won't know everything that's in this book so why am i supposed to know everything that's in this book that's kind of frustrating but i guess it keeps the patient safe that's the biggest thing behind all of this is that it's keeping the patient safe because it regulates who is able to practice as a pt but i still think there's got to be a better way to do it a better system it kind of makes me think about i know for a fact that it used to be the 
um, system that basically you were an intern. You had to collect clinical hours. uh, Yeah. And that's, that's how you just, you just got your clinical hours. You were supervised by a clinician and that's what, that's what allowed you to get your license. It wasn't actually even taking an exam. It was just having mm-hmm. the it's apprenticeship. That's what I was trying to think of. It's an apprenticeship mm-hmm. um, process where you have to get a lot of hours, not just because I think now it's like I want to say it's like three hundred and some odd hours that I had to get all through school. But like yeah. in an apprenticeship, it's like way more than mm-hmm. that. Um, but I think that that could be a potential other way of doing it i don't know if it'd be better though that's the thing so i say that all the time when i'm like i have my own opinion but i would not want to be the person who has to actually make the decision (laughs) for everybody in the industry yeah so it definitely has created though this weird limbo for you this summer especially like i think in the beginning it was more like okay i'm studying but now you're you're at this point where it is like you know two weeks left it is this weird limbo of like just trying to retain the same information, but feeling like there's nothing else I can do right now. Yeah, at this point, it makes me feel like I'm like in a boat and there's water leaking and I'm like plugging all these little holes here and there. I'm like, oh, shoot, I forgot about that. Yeah, Yeah. got to jam that back in my brain. Or, oh, shoot, I forgot that too. Got to jam that back in my brain. Like just a lot of refreshing and repetition. Mm -hmm. Which it just reminds me of... um, Rote memorization, mm-hmm. and I hate rote memorization. I know. I just want to know why I'm doing it, and have the experience of doing it. That's that's for me. That's how I learn. I learn by doing. I don't learn by reading over and over and over and over. Hooked on phonics didn't work for me. <laughs> I also feel like it's made it. I mean, we have so much to be grateful for, and we have so many exciting things coming up. Obviously. Um, but I feel like it has been kind of a weird summer. You're talking about just like a transitioning thing still? Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. The whole pandemic screwed everything up in general, I think. Mm -hmm. If I look back to how, I mean, we moved here in 2019. Yeah. We were starting to really dive into the community in this area. Mm-hmm. And explore and yeah. find things. Hang out with people, like do. just do things. And then 2020, I mean, what, seven months after we yeah, moved here, like seven or eight everyone. months after mm-hmm. we moved here, everything shut down, completely changed it. It shut down our ability to continue to uh, integrate ourselves into community and friends and people. And I feel like that that's just been kind of a, something that we've been dealing with obviously for the past two years, but now it's starting to kind of lift a little bit. It's changing. Well, the country has changed, right? Like basically all restrictions have been lifted. And Mm -hmm. I think it's more just like down to the individual deciding what they feel safe and is not safe. And I think that like that fatigue, sometimes just freaking navigating that I find exhausting. Mm-hmm. You know. knowing whether or not you're being safe or if you're not being safe whether you're being yeah. practical or rational or are you doing are you doing things you should be doing or are you being foolish and uh, unaware because I definitely feel like there's times where I'm like okay I'm just burnt out I'm tired of being so damn aware of what's going on and then I kind of like 
have to recheck myself. Well, there's such a balance between, right, like being so aware, like, oh, there's this new variant that's like happening again, right? And now there's monkeypox. The world is ending, right? And then, <laughs> and then also like, okay, I need to still live my life, yeah, right? Like yeah, it, it's, it's balance, really, right? it's really hard, I think, to to navigate that, right? To find that like in between space is so challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we, I feel like we have been struggling with that and just finding things to do and not kind of slipping into like boredom and mm-hmm. you mean what I do every day pretty much yeah <laughs> I really do I, I well I think the only difference is I have work I work yeah, during the I week would, and I guess honestly, that creates this as much as I don't it want creates it, structure for yeah me. as much as I don't really want it I wouldn't mind having mm-hmm. work right now because I feel like it kind of gives me something to do yeah but I think that's one of the hardest things for me to do is to be okay with where I am in transitions like this. Yeah. Transition phases are so hard that I should be thankful and um, appreciative of the fact that I'm in a position where I can literally just study, Mm -hmm. go to the gym and then run errands and it's okay for that to happen. I think you are though. I think you are grateful for that and you do recognize it as a privilege and you know we both do but I think it still can be kind of the reality that things still feel off at the same time, right? Yeah. Like it's kind of like that, you know, both of those things are true right now and I think we just sometimes there is like this up and down, this ebb and flow, I think where we grapple with it more and then other days like are better, right? Like mm-hmm. and you don't grapple with it hardly at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other days you kind of dip and you're just like, what am I doing? I feel like right. it also ties into identity. To, yeah. Of like, Because I feel like for most of my life, identity has been tied into what I'm doing for work or tied into, you know, what I, yeah, what I do in general. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my identity right now is a studier. <laughs> yeah, it's not even student anymore because you graduated. I'm done, I'm done with yeah. school. I'm, I'm literally a studier. And so, like, it's making me kind of, like, battle a little bit and re-integra- like, reintegrate what is Brayden. Who yeah. is Brayden. And Something soon that, I'll be a dad. Yeah. That'll be part of my identity. So, so crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. But I just, um, yeah, I'm ready. I'm kind of surprised that... I was thinking about this the other day. I was, I'm kind of surprised that during kind of this like limbo transition phase, you know, again, with still a lot of gratitude and privilege and stuff that we have, et cetera, that you and I haven't gotten tired of each other because really the amount of time we're around each other is very reminiscent from the uh, like beginning of the pandemic, it mm. feels like. But I don't have, and maybe you do, <laughs> I'm wrong, but I don't feel like we've had the same like, oh my gosh, like I have nothing to talk to you about or like I'm so tired of seeing your face. <laughs> like feeling, it's mm. interesting. No, I I did, I, I feel like during the pandemic I used to play a lot of video games and that was kind of my way of like dealing with everything and, and it allowed me to be in my own world for a little bit away from you as well. And I feel like recently I haven't even really... Yeah, that's what I was just thinking about. You haven't that been... Much, and I've just... And we've actually been spending a lot of time together. We've been going on a lot of walks. We've been doing a lot of, like, you know, just our random road trips like we like to do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I haven't had the same, like, 
Mm -hmm. We really need some space. Mm -hmm. Feeling. It's just kind of an interesting thing. It's a chapter in our lives where we're not feeling that way. Because I guarantee there's going to be some times after the kid's born where we're going to like, (laughs) you're going to be like, you take this thing and just get out of the damn house with it. I need my fucking space. (laughs) Guaranteed it's going to happen. But yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. We're definitely in in a phase of our relationship where we're spending a lot of time together and it's really not. It, do, it doesn't drain me or it's not frustrating mm-hmm. or irritating or like it's just it is kind of exciting and it's it's fun yeah but it also like you go to work on That's Wednesdays true. and Thursdays so that gives me a day or two to kind of focus space, on myself yeah. you have your space at yeah. work that way so I mean I think that that's part of it as well that could be so we there's a good balance I think is what it really mm-hmm. is yeah and I also feel like to like getting back to my like identity I feel like a lot of my identity in the past was connecting with people mm. and that's really hard right now it has been very difficult lately I think we've just had a lot of changes in relationships mm-hmm. this past year that have kind of come to a head mm-hmm. in recent months and it has been hard to uh, I think my values that. are changing too yeah well, I think that's what's made them the past yeah. year. Our values have really shifted over the last couple of years. I think we've gotten really honest and real and solid about them and then started to express them mm-hmm. and then as a result experienced a lot of conflict yeah. and boundary setting and now we're kind of on the other side of it mm-hmm. and it's honestly kind of lonely. Yeah. I think for me personally, the biggest thing that's changed has been my thoughts around substance use. Yeah. Substance Me too, and really. Alcohol, right? yeah. and like I'm not, I'm not all out against it. I, I'm not that type of person, but I do. I think when I try to look at it now, is it's how am I connecting with the people I'm hanging out with? Mm-hmm. What is the connection? Mm-hmm. Is the connection over substances? Because mm-hmm. if it's over substances, I don't know if I want that anymore. Yeah, I want a connection with a friend that is built on something deeper, more meaningful, more supportive. It's just stronger in my mind that way. Because you take away, like if you have a relationship or a friendship with somebody and every time you hang out, you have to drink or, you know, you're doing something with substances. If you take that substance away, it's most likely going to change the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, though. There are definitely people out there. There's a, there's a couple of friends that I've had for a long time that, uh, substance is not the center of it, yeah. but we still will have a beer or drink mm-hmm. together. Um, so no, well, you're not. You're again. You're not being all or nothing. Yeah. You're not completely. You yeah. don't identify as a completely sober person, yeah. or as a you know completely drinking person. I always want. <laughs> I was thinking about this this term I heard not too long ago is California sober. Oh God. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting term. Yeah. But. It is kind of a new thing. I feel like we could do a whole episode on this, though. You know, kind of just like that whole so- sober curious market has exploded too, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the in the kind of alcohol specifically mm-hmm. industry, um, and you know, I think I think a lot of it, what it has been for me the last several years has been like really assessing my relationship with alcohol and um, the reasons why I drink. Mm -hmm. You know, so what is the urge behind drinking? Why am I drinking? How much am I drinking? Right? Like, Mm -hmm. is this an easy button or is it a, you know, 
which I think it always is an easy button. (laughs) (laughs) For you? Yeah, yeah. Um, And I've even kind of shared with you, I think sometimes for me, because of my personality, right, you know, and because I haven't drank in a really long time, even like before before pregnancy, Mm -hmm. you know, this has been a while um, thing I've kind of looked at that it's always easier for me to just not drink Mm -hmm. or to drink. Yeah. Doing the middle dance and kind of understanding the middle has always been a little bit more tricky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I do think though that that value shift probably around around substance use and wanting to connect more deeply with people again, which doesn't mean there can't be a glass of wine right, or the right, beer right. or you know yeah. a joint or whatever. Yeah. Like that's okay. Yeah. But like it not being like before, right? Because mm-hmm. when we were younger, it was literally all we all did, right? Yeah, it was yeah. always, we went out to the bar. Mm-hmm. You went, you know, like everyone brought their, you know, stuff. Like, mm-hmm. and I think we've had such B-Y-O-B. a B-Y-O-B. Yeah, there's been such a big shift around that. And now we're trying to figure out ways to actually connect with other people who are similar, mm-hmm. which is tough because I don't really know how to do it. I'll be honest. Yeah. I know how to connect with people in the bars. I know how to get, like... You know, well, our culture is so over, saturated over by substances because yeah. I've done that for years and working in the bar industry is just easy for me. I can do it, Yeah. but I'm trying to figure out how to do it. <laughs> this is tough. I'm trying to figure out how to do it without substances or religion. <laughs> That's horrible. Or religion. Because that was the first thing I probably had. You could go to church. Oh, yeah. I see. That's a way to yeah. connect to a community. Yeah, it is. But it organized is. religion makes me... It's cringy. I'm definitely more like faith spirituality. I'm like all about that. But organized religion. Not always, but No, no. Again, we're not all about heavy heavy handed uh, heavy heavy handed cringe. Mm -hmm. I'm trying I am trying to figure it out. Yeah. So I think that's a piece of like, you know, the vibes we're feeling right now too, right? I think we have like this transitional blah. Mixed in with this, like, it's like this crazy, like, ball of messy yarn, yeah. right? Like, with all this excitement, excitement too. And, like, well. yeah, yeah it is such an interesting kind of chapter of our lives this summer. Yeah. So, that's our update. That is the update. So, keep listening. Hopefully, we didn't bore you. And stay tuned for more lobster lasagna. Yeah, be on the lookout. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,